The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. So delighted now to be joined by Fian Hanley and Alan Flynn. It's safe to say so much expectation and there isn't a worse crowd you could get knocked out of the championship by. Um, it's It's been a tough week for Galway, being knocked out by their neighbours, Mayo. And it's been tough to take. There was so much expectation this year that Galway could really drive on. How have you been, Finian? Grand Paul, yeah, yeah. Look, getting over it, as I said, it's a bit late in the week to be doing post mortems. Uh, but anyhow, look, there's enough Mayo people around me here in Galway City. So uh, we kind of be chatting about it all year. My brother in law's a staunch Mayo supporter in Clare Island. So uh, he's been to the fore this week. But look, we'll, what goes around comes around. We'll be back and uh, bigger <laughs> and better, hopefully, next year. But uh, no, it's a bitter pill to swallow. But I think marginally the best team won. Uh, just about. I don't think we were at our best. Obviously, injuries, and we'll get into it in a minute. But uh, a lot of things kind of went against us. And uh, you know, if 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 we had the wind at our backs, which we did in the first half, but in, in a lot of other facets of the game, we 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 probably would have won. I thought we did a bit more. But look, fair play to Mayo. They 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 got over the line, and uh, good luck to them this weekend. Tough tough assignment. Yeah, obviously, Alan. Uh... A tough, a tough defeat to take, particularly one point margin to your neighbours. Ah, uh, yeah, and I suppose going into the game, um, you know, the last few years, I suppose since uh, it's, it's hard to remember a, a time where it hasn't been relatively tight. Um, uh, so it probably both teams probably knew it was going to go down to the wire and it was going to be tight, and it was. I, I just felt a goal was probably going to be um, the crucial score, and 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 and. That's essentially what it, what it came down to, I suppose. And that gave them the breathing space, particularly playing uh, with that breeze that they didn't have to they didn't have to chase it as hard in the second half. And it gave, you know, it just made it so much easier for them really to kind of to this they were able to sit back a little bit and and then catch Galway on the counter and stuff. And um uh you know, listen, I I think as Finney said there, it was few things that kind of didn't help Galway uh, probably throughout the year but certainly in the last few weeks and um, I think really didn't perform certainly didn't perform the way uh, you know you'd have expected to go to perform over the last uh, last two or three weeks uh, you know the Armagh game I felt they looked a bit off and um, you know probably came into the game the last day something similar I do feel that Mayo it looked to me like Mayo got a bit of a sting from the Cork game and learned a lot from that game. Um, and I do feel that the way Galway or Cork were set up, uh, they, I said they learned a lot from that in terms of playing against a team that would be, you know, fairly set defence. Galway usually have a very sound defence. And I think um, that was probably rattled a little bit with Sean's, Sean Kelly's injury. And I suppose they had to tweak that a little bit. But... Um, I definitely felt that Mayo, you know, approached that that kind of defence a lot differently than they did against Cork. Just before we get into look at the game, Finian, what's happened from Galway being number one All Ireland contenders to being knocked out in the preliminary quarterfinal? I suppose the biggest problem with that statement, Paul, is, is the fact that they were number one All Ireland contenders. Um, they weren't really, in my opinion, I'd be interested to hear what Alan thinks, but 
I just think last year, obviously, we came on a crest of a wave and we got, you know, bits of luck. Like, like go back to the injuries. I think last year was probably one of the only years that we got a real, real run of games where our top players were fit. Um, and that goes back to my time as well. I don't know what it is in Galway, but we've str- struggled with muscle injuries at critical times over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, again, obviously, on Sunday, we had huge losses in Damien. Dylan McHugh was monumental loss in my eyes mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. Um, I just think that maybe people were getting ahead of themselves. And sometimes when you look from the you know, outside of county, you can look at them a lot differently. But I suppose... When you're in and around and, and, and you've been in and around before, you know, we rely very heavily on a couple of players. And if it's if it doesn't go well for them, you know, are we all earning contenders? And that, you know, you need a lot to happen. Obviously, Shane did unbelievable in the all earn final last year. Damien didn't. Um, and we talk about this forward line of, of, of a lot of good forwards that didn't click together. But um, I just don't think we were the contenders that people were talking about. I think last year we got to a final. You know, we played Derry and Armagh. You know, no disrespect for them. It was a bit. It was a bit of an easier path, maybe. Uh, did unbelievable in the final, nearly, and and probably should have grabbed the big one at the end of it. But uh, this year, I felt that getting to a quarter final or, or getting to a semi final would have been seen as a success because it would have backed up what we did last year more so than you know previous years when we were maybe get to a semi or a quarter and then fall back or whatever it is. So I wouldn't have been. Um, too disappointed to get knocked out in the semi-final, but I just think the way we got knocked out this year, to, you know, Armagh was a, was a massive, massive, you know, damaging result. It was like Monaghan a couple of years ago when we were in the semi-final and we got hockeyed by Monaghan in Pierce right. Stadium and ended up playing Dublin. So uh, that was the damage that was done. So look, I, I really don't think we were the number one contenders, um, but but we were up there and uh, it's bitterly disappointing. I think last weekend, the Armagh game, had a huge bearing on on on, on why the lads are are uh, drowning their sorrows this week. How do we go from this now, Adam, with so much expectation and the ball short so earlier than expected? Um. Well, I suppose like I suppose if you if you want to be the reality of it is like next weekend, you know, there'll be another four gone. Like so, um, I think you know. I suppose it's all part as well, getting our heads around the fact that you know the the calendar is a lot shorter, and and uh, in terms of the sea in the year, I mean, um, you know, we're in the end of June, and uh, in another four four weeks or so, the 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 whole thing is all wrapped up. Like so, um, is that right for you when you're involved with club team and county team when the, the calendar at the minute? Um. Well, like I, I suppose, coming from from the intercounty situation, I I feel to be honest that that it is too much demanded of the players. I, I just I, I just think like, you know, I, I you know, I'd be interested Finian thinks, but like, I actually was looking at this today, um, Paul. I just I just wanted to kind of see what the numbers here on this was like, and my reckoning between FBD, like if you think of the schedule, like really, the, like the FBDs, I think Gold played two matches on this and I could be out by one or so here, but like played two matches, uh, go into a National League, seven games, get to the final, um, Connacht Championship, couple of games, uh, go into the, uh, the, I suppose the All-Ireland Series, the, the three matches there, then the knockout game, the last day. I think there's about six, 15, 16 matches and there's 25 weekends there. Um, <laughs> like 
you know, first of all, I, I, I think that there's going to, like a lot of teams, a lot of managers, a lot of S&C coaches will be, will be really looking at it. It's always hard to gauge. Or, I know they're, they're coming into the year last year, maybe with an idea of what they might try and do, but you always get a better gauge of it when you're actually gone through a season of it. I, I think the whole idea and the planning around like being able to train and when you're going to be able to train now is going to have to change a little bit. Like when you, you're starting these games, National League, uh, in poor conditions then to January, really like the, the time to train, the time to actually get a block in, like it's virtually, you're playing a game, you could be playing three matches in a row, three weekends in a row. Now, if, if you get a break, that break is all about recovery. And then you're trying to get going again for another few weeks. So to answer your question, I, like I just feel that it's been very, very compacted. And um, like, I, I think, you know, this, this it might have to be looked at again in, in, in the short term because like I just can't see how intercounty players are going to be able to sustain this uh, because, OK, they'll get a few weeks off now. Um, you know, to some degree, and there'll be other players in other in some counties. I can see even in some counties there where their uh, their championships have have nearly have started or are going to be starting in the next couple of weeks again. Um, and there's a lot demanded of an intercounty player playing for his club, like in terms of this, the you know the level they need to play at. Like so, um, for some players, then you think of Sean Kelly and what he went through with with Mike Cullen. Like I think, well. I think for any goal person, like the admiration for that man has gone up again, uh, and it was at a very high level going into the last couple of weeks, but again, it's gone up massively in the last few weeks. Like, you know, what's demanded of someone like him playing for a, t a club team that it would say wins the kind of club, goes into the All Ireland series, comes out of that, goes straight into that campaign that I'm talking about, will come out of this. Okay, he might get a little break, but it'll be short, like, and then he'll go into a campaign again. As soon as that's done, he'll be back in with the county, like. In many ways, the, the the previous system, okay, it might have been a bit extended, uh, and it was probably a little, uh, you know, shortening up of it required. But at least you had the two three weeks, you know. And in some cases, it was six to eight weeks, and that was certainly too long, too long between kind of championship matches and maybe all Ireland series stuff. But at least it was a chance for the body to 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 recover and then build itself up again for the next game, like. Even if you think of the from the media point of view, and I, you know, yes, but Paul, you're in, the, in that game. But like, the draw was done Monday morning, and the and the quarterfinals are on this weekend. There's three or four days to get, uh, I suppose, coverage and attention to four massive, massive games. Like, I, I I just think it's all being condensed so much that it's very difficult on a lot of fronts to get to to to, to nail it. From a club point of view, it's probably working okay. Uh, I don't see a huge amount of change, by the way, just being on the front end of it, because a lot of leagues, club leagues are starting, you know, in, in March, April, at the latest in some counties, most counties March, and they're running all the way then until they're knocked out in the championship. So I don't see that the club thing has changed too much, really, other than maybe it gives allowance for maybe for some players to decide that they'll hold off coming back relatively early. Um, but again, at, at, at at club senior level, especially, um, that allowance that allowance is not there that much anymore because you know if you're coming back like you know three, four, five, six months into the into the season, it's very hard to catch up with with uh, with with teams that and and even players in your within your own group. Just with that as well, Alan, is as coaching and management, 
with you're talking there about how condensed and compact the season is. Is it difficult to alter a tactic or fix an issue with how compact this season is? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very difficult because the contact time, like, and you know, it's it's the the contact time. You know, you have to be very careful because you know, you, first of all, uh, like if you have a, a week of a turnaround, um, say the goal. If you take the Galway situation, they're playing Armagh, and uh, then they're going to play Mayo the following weekend. They don't know they're playing Mayo until I think it was the Monday morning again. Um, so they have a few days really, so you're talking about, you, you know, you might have organised that you're meeting on the Monday night, go through a few bits and pieces from their man match with the night towards Mayo, uh, you're you're doing your training session either Tuesday or Wednesday, um, you might meet again on the Friday, like if you're playing on Saturday, you're probably not training, if you're playing on Sunday, it's, if you are, it's very, very light if at all. Um, so as Finney mentioned there earlier on, um, it's probably talking about a few bits and pieces, but like you certainly are not, you don't want to be going down the road where you're stuck in a meeting room for, for two and a half, three hours talking about all the things that we did the last day and all the things we want to do. And you end up just leaving a group totally confused about what they want to do. So um, I suppose what it means is that you're trying to identify uh, the the couple of things that are important and and maybe you need to be addressed and and to go after those and try and make those a little bit better and highlight the couple of things that did went well that you can you can um continue to keep doing well so uh it is like it's like Anton you just don't have the time you know you don't have the time to to be going into massive detail when you have that week I suppose it, it's a very inter I, I, one thing I I find like it's a it's it's a massive insight into kind of uh imagine being a player or a, or a coach at you know involved in a premiership situation where your games are constantly coming but i think there's a better understanding and i think the mindset will will change over time of being able to deal with defeat and being able to deal with um you know the turnaround of another game coming and it essentially your 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 season being around trying to have more wins than losses I suppose we we come from a kind of a, a mindset of like you're try, you're winning every game and when you lose it's it's a you know it's an awful thing you know um, because we we come from a culture of 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 knockout football and stuff so um, I I do feel that 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 is something like even for the Galway lads like they haven't been in a knockout situation that often where they've won and then come back from that and won the next game. It hasn't been, you know, asked of them that often. So I suppose the game, the, the last two Armas probably something that they uh, probably had a bigger effect on them than maybe it would have had on some other counties, like, you know, uh, because they're just not used to that situation. And But that'll happen because, you know, you'd expect Galway now over the next, over the foreseeable, that we, they'll be challengers and they'll be there, thereabouts. And, um, the more you're in that mix, the more that you're going to be coming through those scenarios of of dealing with defeat, coming back, getting another opportunity, and going at it again, and and you learn from that and how you deal with that, you know. And Finian, you were just talking earlier on about the injuries. Um, obviously, when you get an ankle injury like Sean Kelly got, a hamstring injury like Dylan McHugh got. A, hamstring injury like Damien Comer got these are just injuries that ultimately you're just up against the odds with the way the season is to work your way back to full fitness yeah 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 I suppose look it's it's uh, uh, it, it, it's a funny one it's 
you know, injuries are part of the game. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, Sean Kelly's was a different, you know, Sean Kelly's, you know, he's different in every aspect of the game. Uh, and, and this included, you know, he got a knock, you know, putting himself out there. He, he got a knock, but, you know, look, he was out there on Sunday. Uh, like the credit that needs to go to the lad is off the charts because he's, you know, going around there in the in the thick of the battle, out out around the middle of the pitch, like things were happening, and uh, he was trying to keep up with the game, and he gave everything on one leg, which was unbelievable. Uh, you know, like Damien got injured at half time; uh, it was unfortunate hamstring injury, and, and obviously Dylan, I think, had a hamstring hamstring injury as well. It's just, it's just, it's recurring a little bit uh, in Galway. I just feel that at critical times we get. These sort of things, um, and I don't know what it is, but it's 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 it seems to be happening. So it's probably something for Galway to look at it as a whole. Just you know, how do we get that run of games, particularly with our big players? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there different ways of looking at them? You know, Damien, you know, Damien will tell you himself. He picks up a lot of injuries. He's built Damien Comer yeah. is built differently than most, uh, and that's just the way it is. Obviously, the man in the street or, can, or the dog in the street can see his physique is different. You know, so. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just unfortunate that it's, you know, there's no issue with Damien Comer in February getting a tear in a hamstring. That's fine, you know. League is league, and you can try lads, or whatever. But Sunday was the 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 biggest day of the year for Galway uh, and for other teams as well. So uh, it, it was it was, it was re- it's really unfortunate, but it's just something that you know Galway as a whole probably need to look at going forward. And 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 and, and I you know is it is it training loads or what is it? But it's just something that. Um, that just happened at, at the worst possible time. As I said, all these injuries can be accounted for, but um, I don't remember Dublin in their pomp uh, winning five, six in a row, getting the level of injuries. Uh, and a lot of it is down to luck as well, don't get me wrong, but I just don't remember. And, and they played a lot of games getting those injuries, um, particularly muscle-type injuries. Is that what ultimately caught up with us in the end, do you feel feeling? I think so, yeah. Look, Damien, Damien coming off was was it the difference. Like we played poorly in, in by our standards, you know. And when I say we weren't number one contenders, as Alan alluded to earlier, we were contenders with about four or five, maybe six other teams that could all beat each other on any given day. So I just think obviously Damien coming off was a nightmare because even Kevin McStay and the Mayo management were shocked yeah. to, to 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 see him not be not being on in the, in the second half, particularly. And I've been in there myself. At three, you know, playing on players and like, you know, when when a guy is hot like Damian was, you just like the fear in in the in the Mayo full back time in the first line, in the first half, and and, the, and if Damian stayed on, they might have put two back on him, but it would have opened yeah. up. Maddie would have got on the end of the goals that he was getting on all year, you know. Johnny would have come through. It just it frees the whole thing up. It's amazing, and you know, Alan as a coach there will tell you that if one player can, without having the the impact that everyone can see on TV, catching, kicking, scoring, he can just open things up by the attention he takes from the team. So, look, that was a big part of of our la- of our loss on, on Sunday, um, and I just think all year Dylan McHugh had been that quiet, you know, link between defense. The defense just looked better with a minute. I don't know how to put my finger on it, and the attacks as well because he was so, he's such an honest guy that he'll run and he'll know how to create space for other forwards when he's up top as well so I just thought he was a big loss as well That's the thing isn't it Alan when even you look at Damien Comer going off um, at half time 
he's the outlet, he's the vocal point. He, he gives this to this goal attack. You could even see Paul Conroy. Goal players are almost looking up to kick the ball, but then I suppose when a player like Ian Burke comes in from it, it's a totally different dimension and they probably don't have that option then to kick it in long. Ah, uh, exactly. And I think I think you know, um as soon as they're like the the obviously the emphasis I said there was a very strong emphasis from McStay and 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 the Mayo management for McBride to get a little bit tighter because Damien had looked threatening, like and um you know, even there, I think I remember which with, with uh, Damien won the ball with Jason Doherty was kind of on him. I think McBride had gone forward, Doherty had dropped in in front, and and all of a sudden was on Damien, and he turned and got the score, and he just looked very strong. He had a snapshot there for the goal chance, probably, probably it wasn't necessarily a goal chance. It probably was a, it was a it was a shot for that probably should have been tapped over the bar, but the threat was there, and I think. Um, while he was on the field, it was probably more of a chance that they would have to, as you know, as, as you kind of alluded to there, they'd have to sit back a little bit and and, and mind the house. Um, you'd be afraid maybe to be driving too far forward, and you kind of wonder, I suppose, even with the man that scored the goal, you know, would he have been in that situation if if Damien had been on the field? Um, I do think it's a valid point that what Finney is saying though as well about like, you know, I find. In the last few years, like you know, the, the same names are always coming up though. When it, when it, you know, when the fat is in the fire and you're looking for who we turn into now, maybe this is the case, I suppose, in a lot of counties, I suppose, at the top end. But, um, you know, it's Damien or Shane Walsh, you know, Paul Conroy, uh, you know, and, and these are the guys that are going to do it. Now, in fairness, I thought Matthew Tierney, uh, has done a lot of good things throughout the year, um. And I do think as well, he you know his confidence will grow as well, and and he's, he'll get a better understanding of his importance within the team. I think, and I, I do feel sometimes that maybe he he maybe understates that a little bit. He probably is a bigger a bigger player for the team than even he realizes himself at the moment. But um, you know, uh, like players at that, I was actually thinking about this today. Like the even the, the players from the the team that started the All Ireland final, like you know, you're listening like. Liam Silk, Kieran Malloy, Dylan McHugh. That's three of your defence. Sean Kelly, to be fair to the man, wasn't, I don't know, he was even 50% right. Um, uh, still played and, and did all, all he could. Uh, but by playing as a sweeper role, it also changed the dynamic of the defence. I think that John Daly wasn't playing the role he normally plays. Um, you're bringing in an extra defender. Killy McDade is pushing more for more, further up the field. I think he's better coming off the, off the shoulder, coming from deep. Um, and then you're talking about Damien, uh, you know, Rob Finnerty. Like Rob Finnerty has had a bad runner look as well with injury. Like and Rob was flying last year. Like you know, so um, you know that's and then and then Patrick Kelly and Patrick Kelly has been mentioned. Like but like he gave us an awful lot of options as well, and he was always a threat for a goal. Um, and and I did feel that like our our bench as the year was going on, our bench seemed to be getting a little bit weaker. You know, in terms of that that impact and that and that power come from off the bench, the experience that we'd have, and that's only natural, I suppose. If you're losing players and the players are getting injured, uh, you're digging into your bench. All of a sudden, those guys are starting, and the same impact is not coming off it. And if you think about what Mayo had coming off the bench, and um, and in fairness, again, this was there was probably. You know, when it works, it's great. And if it didn't work, uh, you know, the management would be in shock. But I suppose that's what you're there for. And, you know, Matty Rowan is coming off. Killing O'Connor is coming off the bench. Uh, Hessian, who I thought, like, I think Hessian will be starting the next day. I I, I think he's a serious footballer. And, um, 
you know, they, they had a lot going on there. Um, and and I, I, that did have an impact. Again, the goal changed a lot of it. You know, it's so much easier. Like those players are coming into a situation where Galway are trying to come, have to come up the field. They're, they're, they're kind of looking for a score. They're able to sit in a little bit um, and pounce on, on any mistake and then be driving into space. Like it's a, it's a hard place. <laughs> like Finio, it's a hard place like in Pear Stadium with a wind in your face and you're trying to, you know, bring the ball up the field. And, you know, the slightest error, the, the, the a poor solo that goes a little bit high, all of a sudden there's someone all over you and they're and they're they're driving into space. Like it was just it was the perfect time for Mayo to score the goal, really. Um, but even even when you look at the goal situation, the goal that Mayo got, like it's the first time in a long time, like one of the strengths of Galway over the last couple of years has been how structured they've been in, de in defense. And it was it was nearly impossible to come through the middle. You know, they, they, Dylan McHugh and John Daly would always have the D covered and, and they'd be dropping in there and the full power line would be well set. The two wing forwards would be along with the midfielders and, and it'd be just very difficult to come through the middle. And it was, it just looked very flat, the flat line and a, and a run off the shoulder from a prime to pro, for Patrick um, or Paddy Durkin. A little one-two uh, with Aidan O'Shea and all of a sudden he's in one-on-one. -on -one. It was like... It's, it definitely, uh, it's amazing, like, you put so much time into um, these kind of structures. And when you get a couple of things going against you, like those injuries, and you have to make a few tweaks, all of a sudden a guy is in a position that maybe he's not 100% used to. And it can fall down, like, on that, you know. So Galway have been unlucky, like, in terms of those injuries. And it can have a huge impact, like, because... Um, as I say, you're digging into to 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 your squad, and and all of a sudden your your strength is is being weakened. You know, you know, like it's great points Alan makes there, but this has already come back to at halftime we're ahead eight three, and there was a lot of discussion among Galway supporters at halftime: is this lead going to be enough with how strong that breeze was? Yeah, there was a good bit of debate about that, all right, in the terrace. Um, I thought of myself, I was thinking, you know what, we're, we're, we're not in a bad position. I know we, we should have been 10, 11, probably 11 points to three, maybe 11, two. Mayo had breached into the, you know, against the wind, they'd breached us about three times in for three scores that they missed. And I thought the confidence was going to, you know, but obviously Mayo are a different animal when it comes to that. They 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 never go away. So, you know, Orlas needed to be mindful of that. But I just thought when they got in a couple of times and missed, uh, the the effort it took for them to get in past our defence was huge. And when they got in and missed, I thought that was you know a good sign for Galway that you know like they haven't scored the chances that they should have scored. So, um, yeah, we, we needed two, three or four more points. We missed a couple of frees, obviously. That's that's well documented. Um, and, you know, a couple more chances that we had that, that, that just went awry. But look, you know, 8-3, big wind. You know, Mayo's bench was always a always a stickler for me in my head. When I saw the likes of Jason Doherty, Kevin McLaughlin, these lads are a long time around the block. You know, um, German O'Connor as well, who's got a lot of mileage on the, on the clock. I, I wasn't expecting those guys to be starting, to be honest, because Mayo now are, are a new breed and a new team. And those guys have just kind of come back in out of the cold. So, you know, what you, as, as Alan said, you were left on the bench with Fresh, Killian O'Connor, Hesh and 
you know, these these guys coming on, you know, car like serious ballers. So um I just thought they had a little bit more of a score and threat coming off the bench than we had. Obviously we had Robert, but Robert's place probably on the team, and I, I I'm sure they're reflecting this was in the first half where he knows that goal into the town end, the wind is at his back. The guy you want on the ball at the last play in the first half is Robert Trinity. And he wasn't on. And in the second half, it's very hard to to, to score into the Oris end. It's extremely hard, particularly against that win. So uh Cahill, you know, came on and and he and he and he, he broke lines and broke lines and broke lines, but you know, he's not gonna kick three or four points or you know, from the from 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 difficult angles. So look it, it, it you know, the way it cons- transpired was we didn't score enough in the first half. And when we got our tails up, we should have you know, taking that momentum of Mayo not scoring when they got in past our defence and, 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 and if we got scores on the other end, then, uh, you know, it would have worked out better, I would have thought. But I just think Mayo in the second half, every time we got up the pitch and got something, they came back down and they punished us. Mayo left a bit behind them as well. They had 3v1s, they had 3v2s, you know, some brilliant defending from John Daly, I think, at one stage, you know, they were in for another goal. So, uh, they'll be looking at that and saying maybe they could have pulled away, but um, I think just by and large they were they were marginally the better team. Probably will get lost opinion as well because Goa lost, but their press was def was a really impressive aspect of the performance. Yeah, Galway, you mean? Yeah, Galway's press. Yeah, on well, the first half it was it, they were they were brilliant, you know, and I'm sure they'd worked on that all week to, you know, particularly with. You know, we know the wind in Pier Stadium uh, better than anyone and uh, how hard it is to get the ball past that 45 when you kick it out. You know, Conor Gleeson is one of the biggest kicks in, in the country and he found it hard to get it out. So the press was brilliant. Uh, you know, a couple, any ball that dropped and just in on the break and everything. And like, you know, the stats men must have been ripping up their sheets because it was gone out the window. We had mauled them all over the pitch mm. uh, in that first half, which was brilliant to see. And I just thought that's the way we... We went about our business and it was a bit different to what we were kind of used to seeing from Galway, normally maybe two up, one up on a kickout. So, look, it was it, it was fantastic to see. And, you know, if we did get to that 10, 11 point mark, uh, you know, with that press and with all the ball we had around the middle, uh, you know, we could have really pulled away. But um, the shooting boots might have been on as well as they should have been in the first half, unfortunately. But... Um, look, they're the margins as well. They're the margins. That wind is difficult. Pierce Stadium's a difficult stadium to play in. Uh, I know a lot of teams around the country don't like coming there. I don't know, do Galway overly like playing there either, to be honest? Um, because, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's when the wind is up there, it's just two halves. It's, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. It's, you're, you, have to, you have to prepare for two different games. You know, it's yeah. a running game. And then you have to prepare for a kicking game. And sometimes the kicking game with the wind doesn't work because you can overkill the lily and mm. it, you can get wides and they're soul destroying. Whereas, you know, you're seeing teams now with the wind going through the hand, you know, a little chip passes in. Like we did kick it into Damien at times in the first half, but um, it can be a bit of a hindrance as well because oppositions just sit back, you know. So look, it, it, it transpired to be a game of two halves, unfortunately. Just before we do touch on how difficult the breeze is and everything on the second half, after halftime, an incident obviously happens between Ryan O'Donoghue and Sean Kelly. Obviously, there's Sean Kelly's welcoming him in the Hessian to an All-Ireland preliminary quarterfinal. Uh, then Ryan O'Donoghue comes over and from the pictures and from seeing it myself, Alan, it does look like 
Ryan O'Donoghue tries to stamp on Sean Kelly. What's your own views on the incident? Well, from just from what I could see, um, live, I, I, I didn't. It's, I, I kind of, I say it was nearly done by the time you know all the showing and was going on. But even on the TV with the TV screens, it doesn't look great, to be honest. And uh, uh, you know, it seems to be um, there seems to be a look. Uh, he's he's uh, he's he's very kind of a, he's a pumped up type of a player, Ryan O'Donoghue, and uh, um, you know there's there's definitely a bit of heat there. Um, you wouldn't like to, uh, you know, uh, did he did he did he go out to do that on purpose? I I don't know. Um, I suppose only Ryan O'Donoghue knows that, but um, certainly on the evidence of the video, I was actually surprised. Like I don't know what the, the I I only kind of. I kind of missed it there in the last day or two. What happened there in relation to that? But I, I, my, I just saw a headline that you know there was going to be nothing happening with it, uh, which I was kind of surprised at. But um, it didn't look good, Paul. And I would say that there was definitely something in it. Um, but maybe it's hard enough to prove, and maybe that's where it was. Maybe that's why it was left as it was. You know, hard to understand, like. You can see Alan, he makes the contact, but he obviously doesn't connect with Sean Kelly as maybe forcefully with the contact. But the line's been there, like there's there's pushing and shoving happening before Rhino Dunahoo even gets over to Sean Kelly. So that's mm. why it's hard to understand. All the crowd are seeing it, but the linesman spots nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I suppose, did the linesman see it? Like, I suppose, Paul, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, I suppose to be fair, um, uh, the, there was the you know the thing the thing uh, the action was happening away from that incident. So um, so as like like a lot of these things, you know, he needs to be sure and and you'd have to give him the 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 benefit of the doubt in the relation to maybe not being a hundred percent sure what was happening. I suppose in 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 most of these situations, it's it is a lot of handbag stuff and there's a lot of pushing and stuff. And even before the game started, Paul, like. You know, Jeremy O'Connor uh, moved into towards the full forward lane before the ball was thrown in, and Sean Fitzgerald met him on the way in. Um, uh, Johnny McGrath met Ryan, uh, Ryan Dunahoo on the way in, and they're doing what you'd expect them to do. They met them and said hello to them, and and that's what you expect. And I suppose to be fair to the to the linesman, um, unless he saw it exactly and he was absolutely sure like the referee is going to ask him are you you know what did you see and are you sure it was this, that's what you saw like he cannot really go telling him anything other, other than that like you know so i i would suggest that maybe he you know if he did and he shout I asked him on the on the mic you know what's happening over there is like listen uh, pushing and shoving and that's really it uh otherwise and if there was if there was absolute certainty paul i would say Ryan Renu would be up in Crow Park today or tomorrow, you know. So obviously there isn't that certainty there in terms of what was going on. And what's your own view on opinion? Yeah, uh, there was a lot going on at this, particularly at the. We'll say go back to the start of the game, but there was a good bit going on at the start of the game. There was pushing and shoving in front of me. I don't know who it was, uh, and I was over on the terrace side, uh, and there was a bit of handbags at the start and fuck I don't know you know did he target him whatever it is you know you can pick these things up but you know Sean Kelly's well able to handle himself as well there's no there's no issues there um yeah look and it's look it's frantic as well and the refs don't want to be starting and stopping mm -hmm. and things like that it's got to be very very clear 
to for for them to to actually step in and say, right, this is going to something has happened here or whatever it is, you know, because like if the ref on Sunday let a lot go, let a lot go uh, across the board, a lot of fouls that would normally be called, he just let the game flow and play, you know, which was which was kind of refreshing to see. But um, yeah, look, I don't think it was a massive pile in it. I you know maybe he meant it, maybe he didn't, but you know. You know, if if Sean Kelly was fit, it was fit on Sunday, he'd have given him a, a clip, no bother at all, and he'd have, well, he'd probably destroyed half the, uh, you know, half of them. He'd have ran them all over the park as well. So, look, it, it, there was loads going on on Sunday, and these championship matches, you know, we we can talk about having two refs on the pitch, video referees, umpires being involved. There's so much in the refereeing system that has to be tightened up, you know, like and, and clarity. You know, some refs use their umpires and lines, some don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember playing a match before where, the, where there was buzzers going off behind the goal, left, right, centre. Umpire's been buzzed and, and buzzing back the ref because, you know, pulling a dragon off the ball. But you don't see that consistently. Yeah. And rules are all been interpreted differently and things like that. And that ref came on Sunday and said, right, I'm going to let this play out. I'm going to let this play as best I can unless it's really obvious I won't call a free. So he probably looked at that across the board and said to, God, I think it was David Goff, was it? Um or David Goldrick, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure who was on the line, but he probably said to them as well, look, lads, unless it's really, really yeah. obvious, uh, you know what I mean, let's let's let these lads go at it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there has been a lot of uh, debates around it. Uh, go in Mayo supporters backing over on Twitter, but that's just <laughs> what you do, expect. The normal. This isn't. Uh, just on that, lads, because obviously you've both experienced the wind in Pierce Stadium, and... Um, and Finian made a great point earlier, Alan, about it. Like, it's very hard to know, do you go with the running game or do you, do you go with a kicking game against a breeze like that? Oh, stuff. It's, 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 it's very difficult. Um, and I think the main point there is, the, and he made, and he's 100%, is that you need to have both both plans ready like for and against and playing like normally it's 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 just really strong. I, I don't know. I just find it, it's always like, stronger than than normal let's put it like that as a as a breeze so um uh and i do find as well i suppose listen to, let's be honest like the, the the kicking into the full forward line uh, with with a decent breeze or, or not uh, in the modern game is a difficulty anyway with the amount of bodies in there so um then throw a really a gale force breeze far against you uh it's just going to make it doubly hard so um you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, unless you have, uh, I suppose I, I've been lucky enough to be working with Damien a few times and and that gives you an opportunity maybe to play some of them balls because they don't have to be perfect for the likes of that man. But for, you know, uh, pumping it, I suppose, like the bottom line is, I suppose what you always have to have it in your head is like, well, what are the opposition thinking here? So like if they're, if they're playing against the breeze, well, you know exactly what they're thinking. You know, drop in everyone, just get through this first half um so having the breeze uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to start fanging ball into the full forward line getting scores and i do think i like it was funny like because um like even some of the mayo supporters the last day like they just couldn't get their head around at all why mayo weren't driving in a few balls in the top of aiden o'shea like and you're kind of going <laughs> where do you think this man is going to get the ball like but um you know, I suppose in fairness to them, maybe it's a bit of frustration and probably in us all the times where these prolonged plays goes on for a bush. Um, 
I just think, you know, you have to pick your moments, Paul. And, and to tell you the truth, I think that's the regardless of where the game is now and what the breeze is like, you have to pick your moments. And it's all about being able to see the opportunity if it's there. And if it's not, you're probably running the ball and you're playing, getting your lines running and all them kind of different things. Um, right. And if, if you have the right personnel inside and the opportunity is there, yes, do it. But like they're... You know, they're, 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 it's not often now, Paul. That's the reality. It's not often that these opportunities are going to be on for, for even putting in what we would call a, you know, a medium length kick in now, you know. So uh, there's always at least a plus one. There's probably more than that uh, in a lot of games. And certainly when you're playing in Pear Stadium, if you're playing with a breeze, you know, there's going to be a blanket defence in there. So it's, 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 it can be difficult, you know. And a lot more difficult maybe than some people care to imagine. And do we do we get sucked back too deep in the second half inning? Uh, we were kind of caught between two two suits, Paul, to be honest, because we were, you know, when, when they got the goal, I don't know, we lost our shape a bit. Because if you see, there was times where we had pushed up with the ball and we were on the ball, we got turned over and we were, geez, we were... Look, for the first time in a long time, we look we look vulnerable on the counter, uh, and that was very unusual to see from a Galway point of view because we were as good as anyone at scramble defence uh, and getting back into position. So we we had pushed up, but you know, for the goal, there was a lot of bodies around. Uh, we had probably twelve, you know, maybe thirteen knocking around. You know, they had gone into the corner, so we were set. So, um, but look, we had. You know, uh, your man goes around Paul, then Sean is kind of caught there in the middle and Sean is trying to manage half a leg and, and things like that. A lot going through his head and, you know, Aiden's inside and and, and, and a couple of one-twos can can kill that that, that blanket defence because you've got the situation where everybody, anybody, somebody and, and nobody in the end kind of knows. And, 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 and that sometimes the problem in these defences, even when you're very, very finely tuned and drilled, you, you might find yourself that, if someone thinks that someone else is doing something, it can be a shambles and mm. kind of looked a bit that way for their goal in the second half. But I look, you've, you know, with that wind, as, as Alan says there, with that wind, you know, if you're against it, you kind of need to be out around the 40 meter mark to push out on the kicker because good kickers, Killian O'Connor's and these guys can kick scores, Jordan Flynn's as well. So uh, you're probably right, Paul. We were a little bit, a little bit deep. You know that what one I mean? moment. When we got a turnover, it was given to Peter Cook, and he just spilled it, and they all turned it over. I think it was around the middle third, and then if the kick wasn't on, the gap seemed to be too large, you know, like full forward line, and it was nearly everyone back on goal was half back line. Yeah, yeah. Look, we were deep, and and it's very hard, like because you know, in the back of your mind, whether you like it or not, you can go through all this stuff and training sessions and this, that, and the other. But the back of your mind. Like Sunday was about getting over the line, you know, Derby, everything on the line. Sunday was just about getting over the line and deep down in the players and you can have all the sports science, you can have all the psychologists you want. But deep down, you're thinking, when you're out there, you're thinking, right, just hold on here. Just hold on, batting down the hatches. They might kick three or four points. We'll get two or three. That's us done, you know. Uh, and and then you see a team falling into, you know, they go from the 40 metre into the 30 metre and they're setting up camp and, you know, gaps are appearing and things like that. So that's kind of maybe what happened. There's a mental side to this as well that, you know, sometimes we forget that these lads are human and you can have all, you can prepare as much as you want, but in the heat of battle against your biggest rivals uh, with, with, with everything on the line, 
Um, you can go into your shell a bit as well. And I've been there before where we've been ahead at half time and we've gone into our shells and all of a sudden your level or you're drawn. You know, I, I played a league match uh, against our man, Pierce Stadium, 6 0 down at half time and 1 7 6. That's the extent of the wind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the yeah. reason we won was because our man was 6 0 up and they sat right back and, you know, we picked them off or whatever it is. But look, you're probably right. I think a little bit into our shell and a little bit of hope of, you know, we've done enough. Let's let's just creep over the line here into quarterfinal and then we'll be back contenders again. I do think um, as well, Paul, on that, sorry, you know, um, like I suppose if you think of the personnel that we have, like we say Sean Fitzgerald um, and Johnny and Jack Glynn, um, and if we take Sean Kelly out of it just because I suppose he was hampered, uh, John Daly is more of a kind of, I suppose, like I would see John, uh, you know, he kind of, he plays that role of six perfectly of sitting in and then coming, uh, breaking out, but making kick passes. Like we didn't have a huge amount of players that would be able to to break from deep. And, uh, you know, so we're sitting in against the breeze. And if you think of the players who are missing, like Liam Silk is brilliant at that. Kieran Malloy, obviously. Dylan McHugh. Like those three alone, like, they're the players that you want uh, when you're when you're boxed in and you win possession back and you need to break forward to do to, to close that gap, Paul, that you're talking about to bring the ball forward far enough up to get the ball to the likes of Rob Finnerty and the guys that were up there in the second half. Like it just felt that we didn't have enough of that uh, to come forward. Um, like in fairness to Killy McDade, I thought he was he was trying and he was he, particularly as the game went on, he, he was moving. For, deeper into his own half to, 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 to get into a position that I think he's better at coming late and breaking into the space. But I do think that we we were, again, it's the injuries as well and, and just the, the personnel of what where their strengths are. In fairness to Johnny McGrath, I thought he was outstanding, by the way. Like and and he's a like he's a little terrier like um and I do think he would grow Is into he the a biggest really good positive term. from twenty twenty three for Galway. Well I, I do I like I, I really like him and and you know I suppose the, the the just the way he 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 was taking on players. I think physically as well, he is really grand and stretcher. Like uh, in terms of his, his physical development, is what I mean. And um, I definitely think he's a lot going for him. I do. I would like to see him. I, like I've seen him playing for Carrigan a few times over the years, and in the last few years, I'd like to see him like trying to get at the end of a few things as well in terms of getting a score. This guy can kick points and kick can get a score. In fairness to him, he's only in his first year, so. I think that that that's in his locker as well. I think he can be a real dynamo. I think he can be a merchant type player. Like this guy is 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 tough. He's he's able to play man to man. He's able to play ball going forward. And I do think we need that. I I think the way the game has gone now, and Finian knows all about this. Like from coming out of defence, like you just need players from two now all the way up the field that can come out of defence, break forward, and be comfortable to take a shot on. Um, as a corner back, as 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 much as the corner forward, like, and I, I think that Johnny has that in the locker, like, and uh, you know, you you wouldn't expect him to have it all sorted in the first year, but I I I, I really was impressed with him. I, I like his aggression. I like the way he takes on a guy, um, and as I say, he's able to play ball as well. So he's a real modern type player, like. Yeah, he he was he was straight in after that Sean Kelly incident, anyways. And <laughs> you <laughs> um, just it. But was the thing. The thing we you're saying when you play Mayo every time thing in is avoid chaos, and straight away it's Mayo come out 
and racing to lead one six day points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, they, they, they. they I, I presume at halftime they were saying they, they were still. In it. They had a lot of experience around as well. Um, you know, and Jason Doherty, boys who had been there before, won in Pure Stadium. You know, seeing it. You know, the way it can play out, particularly with the breezes and whatnot, and uh, it did get a bit chaotic in, in in the second half. It was a bit disjointed, and obviously, you know. Whether, as I said before, whether we liked it or not, maybe we were thinking, right, we have a lot done or have we enough done, et cetera. When you're asking yourself that question, you certainly don't have enough done. So uh, it was, it was, it, it was chaotic. Like Aidan O'Shea was throwing himself about there, putting a massive shift again. Um, you know, like you saw the goal, you know, picking mm, up the yeah. tee. And I think it was I, one five on turnovers they got in the second half. Yeah, yeah. And look, there's no team in the country that can deal with, you know, that can turn you over the, better than Mayo like they're so so good at it you know Killian O'Connor and they have been so good at it for the last 10 years Killian O'Connor Aidan O'Shea and they get in and they've an awful they've a knack enough foul as well like they're very very good at it and they're, and, and, and they're really good at the press um, and, 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 and when you're looking into a wind and you've got a team against you like Mayo who can press like that that's a daunting place to be because as Alan says you need a lot like we need it really you know Killian or, or halfback on a four we'll say Killian Cahill, Sweeney, um, you know, maybe John Nair, like players like that who can carry the ball 40, 50 yards and give you a chance to set up your attack then, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a point guard or whatever who just drags the ball up the middle of a court and gets you set up or whatever. We needed that. Uh, and look, Carl Sweeney tried really hard, broke lines, as Alan says, Killian did as well. But you're, I just think that bit of chaos in the first few minutes of the second half, like the hand pass from O'Shea to McBrien was... You know, on yeah. the money. Like I'd say, if you watch all the games this year, you'll see a lot of those instances and a lot of those chances where that full forward gets the ball and messes up that hand pass. It yeah. goes a little bit behind the man, goes too far ahead, it goes close to the goalie. That has to be millimeter perfect uh, for that goal to look as pretty as it looked and all that. But in fairness, it was on the money and no better man than O'Shea to get like the you know the hand pass right. So look, you know. They love the chaos and everyone's calling, everyone in Mayo's calling for a bit of chaos on, on Sunday. They won't get it against Dublin. There'll be more uh, more structure up there. But uh, you're, the first 10 minutes of the second half when it's just, they took it to Galway and we were a little bit in hope, I think, more so than than, than actually trying to bring the game. And, and, and we probably needed to put a few frees down, kick them over and keep the scoreboard ticking, you know, 9-3, 9-4. You know, ten five, ten six, eleven six, that sort of way. But we just couldn't, uh, we couldn't cope with their their anarchy. Yeah, then when they race into one nine to nine, we bring it back to a point, but they're nearly stretching it out to two points every time. Mm. Alan, like people probably don't realize this. Looking back, the highlights initially when I thought of the game, the Killian McDay chance, I said, Ah, Mayo always have that. And then you watch it back and you see. Reap actually comes out to try and challenge McDade. Like, if Owen McLaughlin isn't there, like that goes in. Like, it it does come down to these. Oh yeah, see, as we've talked. Like in fairness, um, it's it's it, it's always the same. Like it's it's very small marriage and and little plays. Like I suppose, it, it, like let's put it like this: if if Mayo hadn't got the goal, I know like it's all ifs and buts. Like, but if Mayo hadn't got the goal, would they have scored enough points? Uh, without Galway responding because obviously the impact of a goal 
you know, has an impact, you know, it's a, it's a challenge mentally as well, particularly with that breeze. So Galway has finished it, maybe are getting a couple of frees, you know, it's going to be a challenge to get the scores even on the board, but you'd still like, like my reading of it at halftime was, okay, we could, um, we could do with maybe an extra couple and we probably threw away a couple of points, but, you know, even with the way that Mayo had finished the first half with a few of the wides, you were kind of going, like, will they score? Will they be able to score all these points? You know, even with the breeze at their back, they might need the kick. They might need the the bit of energy, and so a goal was going to be a the, you know a lightning rod for them. And and it's always the same with me. All like it's they get a goal and they come alive. And and like it'll be no different at the weekend. By the way, like they'll they'll need a goal at least one against Dublin. And and if they get it, you know they can they can really explode. And I'd have my I I'd have questions and I'd wonder that if they didn't get the goal, I'm not so sure that they would have kicked enough points to beat Galway. Um now listen, that we we don't know that at this stage. But well, just to go back to your point in relation to the goal, yes, same with Matty Tierney. Uh, Matty Tierney gets the chance, that yeah. could have changed things as well. So like it's Ford it's even says there. He shut around to the keeper, and I'm sure if he had the chance again, uh, sure, of course, of nine, course. Nine, and, nine, and, nine, and, and Matthew is 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 a very talented guy, and I think we've only we've only seen the start of that guy. He's still a young man. Um, uh, but listen, in fairness to Reap, I will say this: when he got the ball, he didn't give him an awful lot of time to to mm. to do something. I have to say that. And and like if you think of the the, uh, I, I came away feeling that Reap he showed a little bit of bottle now in the, in the game because the first half it was a challenge for him. The kickouts were difficult. Uh, he had two that went out over the sideline um, and there was two plays that I was impressed with in the second half where it could, because he could have been rattled like after that in the first half. He hasn't played an awful lot of championship matches uh, for Mayo. Was that play coming out on Matthew and and then that uh, kick out uh, on the 69th minute where Galway were one point down and the, the Galway are pressing. Galway have gone up right on their men. They're man to man. And he has lost a couple of kickouts going long. And he finds he finds a Mayo man on about forty yards out in in the middle channel. Now, when I I can't remember offhand who who from Mayo took the ball, but when he got it, it was the time. To remember, it was the lead up to J, to, to Carr getting the point. So the car the car kicks the ball over the bar maybe two minutes later or whatever. Mayo held on to the ball for the next two minutes and kicked over the ball over the bar to make it two points up. But I thought it was I thought it was very interesting with Reap that he had the the courage to go for that kick out. Like there was serious. If if that ball had gone astray, Galway were at the very least, I would say, getting a free because they would have been running in on a defence that was all over the place. Mm. Um, so that that was interesting. So just listen, Paul. You know, there's an amount of of, of uh, little incidents over the last three or four, or five, whatever number of games between Galway and Mayo that people can refer to. This could have happened. We could have got this score. I'm sure they'd be saying the same. Uh, it's always the same. There's always a couple of incidents. Think of Johnny Heaney. My reflecting Johnny. Johnny going in the last minute or two against Mayo down in Castlebar. Bang! Back of the net. Game over. Like it's always these little incidents. And uh, Cullen Boyle with his hands in his head because he had broken a line that Cullen probably should have stopped. And and like Cullen Boyle is a great player. Johnny's a great player. But that's just something that happened. And and it's the same way every time. There's always something like that, that that breaks the deadlock. Just on this as well, because it's something I wanted to touch on. 
after the game, Finian, there's been a huge, huge amount of criticism of Shane Walsh. What have you made of that all? Jesus, I didn't hear much of it, Paul. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, the couple of frees in the first half, obviously people were saying, Jesus, Shane should be, um, Shane should be, should be scoring these frees or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, look, your top player nominated for footballer of the year last year, when you don't play well, you're in the firing line straight away. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, that's, that's the way it works. That's, that's, that comes with the territory of the ability of, of, of Shane Walsh. Um, Look, he scores a lot with his left foot free kicks. Uh, I don't think he should be taking free left-footed frees. And uh, that's being honest. You know, I have no issue saying that. Uh, I think Manny Tierney's our best left-footed free taker. Uh, he kicks 45s. He should be able to slot over anything inside. Um, Shane is right-footed footballer. Uh, he can kick with both, but he's right-footed footballer. Happy, brilliant right-footed free taker and let him kick them. So, now he did score left-footed frees, but I'm saying as a whole, that bit of pressure should be taken off them and put with the better free taker. And that's in my opinion. And um, I don't know what Alan thinks. But look, the criticism of Shane, there's a lot of talk. You know, he's been in the, the, the spotlight all year. He's He went to Kilmacud, won the All-Ireland. Um, you know, he was in Australia then on his, on his break and coming back. And these things are always going to be hung up in, in lights, you know, you know, well, did he train enough? Was he fit enough? Did he get a bank of fitness? You know, we're saying they're burnt out. They're, you know, they have too much going on. And too much training. Like, you, you can't really win. When you lose and you play bad, you're a gobshite. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And, you know, Shane is always going to be in the fire. Because like, we, we expect so much of Shane. And we're still, Galway are still a team. And, you know, I was in the panel with Shane myself. And we're still a team of, sometimes we have hope. And as players, you kind of go, well, look, you know, if all else fails, we get Shane the ball, he'll solo around 10 wow. players and he'll kick it over the bar. And all year I saw that, that that hasn't gone away. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I've seen Shane, that we're, we want Shane to take freeze off the left, freeze off the right, penalties. Uh, and then a lot of the time you want to, you know, you want to slip in the ball and say, right, well, Shane, he's going to sort this out now. It's a lot of pressure on a guy. Um, and, 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 and the stuff outside... You know, is there you still know. is there still massive courage for him when things aren't going right to still go and like even the last day when things weren't going right he was still trying like taking on shots like he didn't hide away from trying to get going back into the game I thought no and, and look Shane can be his own worst enemy at times as well you know he can be he can you know like he should be the one stepping aside saying look I'm I, I can kick with both feet but nobody is as strong with both feet and he should take that level of pressure off himself you know. And things like that, um, you know, maybe change his game a little bit, and and that comes down to the management as well. That he's not. We're asking so much of Shane Walsh that, you know, he's he, Shane Walsh had such a different year this year. If you look at what Shane did compared to his other years with Kilcarran Clonburn, and no offense to Kilcarran Clonburn, but they're playing an intermediate. You know, Shane would come back and play one or two games or whatever it is, and maybe he didn't have to train. Whereas Kilmacud is a different animal altogether. You're talking about the best team in the country right. at a county level. And all of a sudden, he's gone from, you know, probably getting a break in the winter to absolutely going hammer and tongs in an inter-county setup. So he left All-Ireland final, went off and, and, and won an All-Ireland as well without any break. So, you know, the toll it took on his body is, 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 I would say, and his mind, do you know what I mean, would be massive. But look, Shane is prone to having bad games. He's had loads of bad games. You know, last year against Armagh, he was a gobshite as well. But in the final, 
you know, we were building a statue of him outside Pierce Stadium. So right. he's no stranger to this. And, you know, Shane can work on his, you know, mental side when it comes to the game as well. You know, he is very carefree and it's great to watch and things like that. But sometimes, you know, maybe Shane needs to look at the bigger picture and, and, and game as a whole with regards to, you know, how he puts himself out. He doesn't have to be a flair player. He was going around with a sleeve on his arm there one year. Uh, um, no, I don't know, did he have tennis elbow or something like that? But like, you know, for God's sake, man. Uh, There's never something you attempted to do for me, you know? No, Jesus Christ. I <laughs> I, I had bigger problems uh, <laughs> back, Paul, don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> sleeves or the, but, but look, it's just... It's just a little bit of that sometimes with Shane, but he, like Shane's the best in the world, and look, he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. But you know, sometimes things like that can can can, can creep in, and I just think you know, for for Shane going forward, and he's thirty now, so he need, really needs to get this. You know, he needs the guys around him, and he needs them floating, and he does need to do it all himself, is what I would be saying. And I just think sometimes we expect him, or the, his teammates expect him to do a lot, and he expects a lot of himself. And sometimes, if you look at the great Dublin team. Like Jeremy Connolly did unbelievable things, but he did them very sporadically. And he did so much of, you know, I saw him corner back one night in an all Ireland final at one stage and, you know, doing a job and maybe doing another job to leave free, leave Burner free. Maybe Shane needs to look at maybe getting Matty Tierney into the game more because yeah. Matty's a class player. Or, you know, Carl Sweeney or being maybe sometimes a decoy. And look, maybe I'm saying this all wrong, but that's just my opinion. So uh, don't shoot, shoot, shoot me for that. As a defeat in Gaelic football comes, there's always going to be questions about management and they should have played him or they should have done that. What do you see? Have, do you see the management staying on now? Is it just absolutely certain, Alan, that management should stay on now after this? You're going cutting ball already. Jesus Christ. It's not even racing. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, well, geez, I, it didn't even cross my mind, Paul. So I suppose that would, that would uh, kind of suggest, I suppose, like last year, Porrick, uh, I think I'm pretty sure that there was an indication that wasn't yeah. it, that there was an extension stuff. So um, I couldn't see any, any change. Um Outside of something changing for Porik or the or the or the crew itself, I, I would suggest that it'll be it'll be all the systems go again. Um, I do think as well, like that. I suppose this is the 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 other side then of the of what I was talking about earlier on. So there's a it's condensed. For, I suppose for everyone, management, but particularly players. But the other side of it then is that um, I suppose in this situation, but even even to get into an All Ireland final, you know, you do have more time away <laughs> from it. Um, at least from a from from the high octane stuff, you know. Obviously, at inter county level, there's a, there's a certain amount of work that's going on behind the scenes and stuff. But so that does re help to recharge the batteries, and I do think that helps. The, and I will help going forward management teams to maybe um, be able to reset and get that hunger back again okay. uh, to go again. But like certainly in the job, it's 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 tough going, and 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 particularly for for. Uh, you know, a manager and, and the management team over a team like Galway that are that are in Division One and and challenging. That you know, there's is a it lot. Something is it something there where maybe you might need to freshen it up after a setback like this. 
Possibly, possibly. There's always there's always a, a need to 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 look at it. I suppose regardless of winning or losing, I think there's always an important it's important to look at at everything and seeing what's going well and what how things can be improved. I think the the biggest thing for me, uh, uh, Paul, would be you know has everyone got the same energy to go again? It's demanding. It's tough going. Um, you know, no better man to tell you than Finney in a lot of years of service. You know, heading to training. Uh, you know, the, whatever number of nights and going in there, it's not a place to be going in uh, with kind of low energy and and kind of uh, feeling, you know, a bit of grumpiness or feeling, I'm not sure if I want to be here. And I, certainly, you know, as manager and as coach um, and anyone else, like you just can't be doing that. So like, uh, that'd be the first question I'd be asking is everyone got the same energy to go again? And um and then I suppose it's 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 a, ch- a case really of looking at is there any areas that we that we need to add or to to kind of help out or whatever. Like in fairness to the lads, like they've a lot of quality there and, and they've a lot of coaches involved. So and people that can take various areas between Divo and and Keane and uh Scan there and 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 Porrick himself. So like there's a lot of I think it probably helps a little bit as well in terms of sharing the workload because it's a lot. There's a lot going on, and particularly as you go into the year, um, it can change. The, the voice can change a little bit as well, and that's no harm, you know. Where do you see things going from here, Finian? Yeah, like Alan, I didn't uh, didn't expect the question to be honest. Uh, I had heard. It, I think it's four years they've done now, started in COVID. Um, changed, you know, like Galway changed from the first two years. Park was in that we were. We were a different team and I think you know we've gone into structure Keen O'Neill has come in obviously uh, made, a, made a big impact too um, like the likes of Keen O'Neill has been on the road for a long time now with different teams and will he stay on for another year maybe maybe not maybe he's got other ideas or whatever and the fact that he's not emotionally invested in Galway like 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 the rest of the lads um, do you know what I mean as, as, as the county that you know like he's been in Tip he's been in Mayo he's been in Kerry as well so will he stay on you know it's a lot he's obviously traveling from Cork or wherever it is as well so that could be one that might might change may not you know he may see look you know there's really really good young lads coming through Shane or Sean Cahill John Maher Robert Finnerty all those guys they're really Johnny McGrath really they're all kids do you know what I mean so there's a cohort of players coming there that someone that you can work with Porrick is obviously you know God and Galway as well so you know, he can do what he wants, uh, really. Uh, he doesn't owe anything to anybody. But um, I, I got the feeling from his interviews and anytime we chat to him that he, he was looking at the long term here. He's got development squads in place, um, you know, looking at club players coming in and he's looking at the under-20 side of it as well. So I suppose the form seems to be this is another two years to get get the job done. Um, so I don't I, I don't see there being a huge shake-up, but I... But, look, John Dively, you know, they all have everyone's got circumstances. And Alan says there, it's 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 fucking tough going. It is absolutely like this thing has just gone. It's on the cusp of I don't know what, but it's on the cusp of going into overdrive. The weekends now, like Jesus, when we were in uh, Al, it was you know, you do a day once uh-huh. every three months, maybe a full day of a session. That's every weekend now. Uh-huh. They go in at nine o'clock and they come out at five o'clock on a Saturday. It's 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 gone crazy and all the money that's been spent on all the various things. So if you can't be going as Alan says, you can't be going out to lock George as a player or in the management 
you know, pissed off or getting sick of it. I know myself, you know, 16, 17, I was just, I knew you're, you know, you're getting enough. Like, you know, you're not any good anymore. You're, you're hanging in there. It's just, it's just a waste of time. And if you're anyway grumpy or angry, it's no place for the faint hearted. So I don't expect PJ to step down because he'd be very disappointed with, with Sunday and, and he won't want to leave it that way. And I don't think he'd be asked to step down given what, you know, how he's how he's changed the team around in the last two years. You know, obviously started the start was, was difficult, but um the, the you know, you know, PJ is 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 God in Galway and you know he's done a great job as a manager over the last couple of years. And look, if he does, then good luck to him. Uh where do you go after that? It's very hard. Is there any up and coming managers in the county or do you go outside as well? So I presume we'd want a bit of stability at this time, given the group of players at between 20 and 23 coming through. I, I would think that there might be shakeups in the backroom team, but I think that for next year, it'll be if PJ stay, wants to stay, I think he'll be, he'll be the man to carry it forward. Yeah, it definitely does seem like a no-brainer for Boyd Gross to stay on, particularly after last year. Just to um, finish, guys, there was one question to take him in. Um, we had a question before that for Finian. Um, asking, would you be back in the Galway panel with your brother Anton um, from Dara Mac on Instagram? He's he's asking that question for you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that is. That's definitely someone now. That's uh, <laughs> it's probably Paul Canary. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know the people he's out about, so I don't know the answer. To take the it. You can take that as a compliment for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 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 But just a question, Alan, did they come in? Um, players to look out for in the club championship that could make an impact for Galway next year is there anyone that springs to mind for you? Oh jeez that's a good question um, yeah to be honest like an awful lot of players like uh, like and Finian probably has a better idea of this now because in fairness to him he'd be at the, the front end of this at the moment um, but a lot of guys, like, I think in fairness, like, they seem to have an awful lot of the stuff that, you know, that would have been certainly in my head. Uh, one guy, actually, one guy that I thought, um, I was very impressed with, I suppose, uh, doing a bit with Anna Down last year and, and came up against Finian Soltil there, Daniel O'Farrity. I know he, he got an injury and I suppose that probably curtailed him a bit. Um, and I saw him uh, with the under-20s more last year, I suppose. I think he has a lot going for him. Um, I know he's been there in fairness, so he's he's kind of already in there, Paul. But like they were working off a very big squad number anyway. Um, and uh, I think to be fair, another guy actually, and I, I don't know that I haven't seen him playing in a in a in a good number. It could be it could be eighteen months now. Um, but I always liked the the bit of driving him was 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 young Raftery there from Glenamady. Um, yeah, he was there uh, last year. Yeah, like there seemed to be there seemed to be a bit about him, um, uh, maybe not tall enough to play um, midfield at, at senior inter county level, but I think there is something about him. Uh, but again, I haven't seen him playing in eighteen months at least, so I don't know what kind of shape he's in or how, what kind of football he's playing. Um, but I would say I would say Paul, off the top of my head, Finney and I probably have a better answer for you on this now. But I, off the top of my head, I'd say they have a lot of. Uh, stuff in there, or at least in the back burner, there, you know, in terms of preparing guys for, for next year already. Uh, I don't think there's that much uh, out there that they haven't uh, looked at or at least uh, are aware of, you know. Anyone spring to mind for you, Finian? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I've been kind of not in around the development squad 
there with Jeremy Blake a couple of nights and there was a few few gems to be fair. Um, actually Anna Downs, Jeremy Cummins, a fine athlete. I know he was knocking in around there and they were trying to get him, you know, look, you know, I think he's hurling as well, but uh, a, a good athlete and, you know, a good player, centre back and drive forward, strong, powerful. Um, like John Maher this year, not that he's coming in, but John was kind of the the the, the light on this. He yeah. had a great club year and that's where he came out of. Simple as that, you know. Mm. And, and John was telling everyone he was going to hit the Galway team. We were kind of laughing at him and uh, he's kind of put us back in our box, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, because yeah. He, he came off the club scene, had a brilliant club year and went in and carried it through. And, you know, so it can, it can be done. And Johnny yeah. McGrath, the same. So, you know, PJ's really gone back to looking at the clubs and he was that himself because he invested, he was invested so heavily in the club that, as he always said, us when we were playing, if you're not doing it for your club, wasting time going out to Lock George, simple as that. So I think you'll see a really, really good club championship in Galway this year. I think there's a lot of good teams, you know, players are improving all the time. So um, you wouldn't be surprised. Alan's right, there's about 40 in that panel, I think, to carry it all year. So there's a lot of lads that have been in knocking around, like Daniel Fla and these guys, uh, Niall Daly, guys like that, who will get more game time and they can come from there in. But I do think you'll get two or three bolters from club championship that will be straight in uh, this year that are fairly well conditioned that can go from, you know, club championship straight into a county setup, you know, because a lot of it now is it takes a year or two to get mm. up to a level. But a lot of clubs are are, are putting in the work at SNC and all that. So it's not as big a daunting challenge for a guy to go from playing you know, a club championship match for Milltown or Anna Down or Curfin to, to going into a county panel. So I do think you'll see a few voted, but I like uh, Kill Commons from 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 Anna Down. I think I think he's a good player. Um, and 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 there's a couple more like Young Costello from Milltown, Jack Moran, good mm-hmm. player. There's a guy from Monave actually, Fionnan Garvey, uh, wing oh, yeah. back, oh, yeah. exceptional, exceptional, uh, understated talent. I want to say he's the type of guy that would go about his business, doesn't look flary, but gets the job done really, 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 really solid. And that's the type of guy who can make a county team now, yeah. you know, doesn't have to be all flair, but very, very good player. Yeah, and you had the four under twenties there who were drafted into the senior panel mm. as well, which you'll see action um in the next year. So obviously a disappointing way for Galway to end their twenty to twenty three campaign, but it's onwards and upwards now and Club championships only a month around the corner, so that'll be the focus for a lot of these players. But that's all uh, on our podcast for today. Uh, thanks a million to Alan and Finian for coming on. Okay. Cheers.